World View Update, bringing you closer to international or global news. Well, in the UK tomorrow, there is the coronation of their king, King Charles III, a ceremony that many people are going to be talking about as marked by pageantry and, well, British ceremony. But the UK battling a cost-of-living crisis, many people feeling poorer than they were just three years ago, and the coronation doesn't come cheap. Musrum Dunge is a political analyst and PhD candidate at the University of Dundee in the UK. Musa, good morning. Thanks for your time. Good morning, Stephen. Thank you so much for having me and to your viewers too. Uh, How excited is the UK really for this? The monarchy can be quite a divisive issue. Uh, King Charles himself quite a divisive issue. Many people look to his mother as a uniting figure. I don't think he has the same stature. Well, look, certainly, I mean, King Charles III is not his mother, Queen Elizabeth II, and both, you know, came to the throne in different circumstances. You know, if you look in 1953, this is post-World War II, the globe is recovering, and, um, you know, there's a sense of hope of what a new monarch would mean in a new world post um, two great wars for that matter. Now, King Charles finds himself in a post-Brexit world where the United Kingdom statute's influence in Europe has dwindled over the past few years. And this is seen by how, for example, the Americans treat the United Kingdom. You know, they already saw the United Kingdom as a bridge towards Europe. But without the United Kingdom in the European Union, it reshapes how this, this so-called special relationship. And more so then, you know, United Kingdom is not the economic power it was in the 1950s. It is the sixth largest economy followed by India. You know, it, it you know, it's no longer the economy it used to be, but it remains with somewhat with some influence, particularly when one considers the role it plays in, you know, the United Nations through the Security Council as a permanent member, the role it plays in NATO as well. And this continues to give it influence. And not, let us not forget the city where the coronation is happening, which is London, remains still one of the most powerful cities in the globe, one of the most cosmopolitan cities in the globe, and remains a financial center of the global economy. So this is the context by which we truly must understand King Charles's ascension to the throne, or his coronation, rather, he's already ascended to the throne as it is happening on Saturday, is that it will mark a, you know, a, a moment for the monarchy, but for the country to truly decide what does the United Kingdom truly look like. So the coronation will be a moment for Britain to pass that message to the world. Will the United Kingdom um, continue to hold on to old thoughts of Great Britannia, or will they move forward towards a global Britain, a multilateral Britain, a Britain that believes to its core that human rights is at the center of a global world order? And what is the role of the United Kingdom in terms of pursuing those values in the global stage. It's interesting to look back at previous big royal events, royal weddings in the 1980s, for example. Uh, Large numbers of South Africans then took those very seriously. Schools would watch them, etc. Now, I think the South African question really looking ahead at the coronation is, can we have our diamonds back, please? Indeed, you know, every time when there is there, there, there is an, an event or that happens in the royal family, you know, 
questions around colonization are, are, you know, arise, you know, and the role of the United Kingdom, that the role it played in the scramble for Africa, in the in the slave trade, in colonization, as well as in apartheid, you know, and 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 also its post-independence uh, relationship with the African continent, and so matters around even you know our own diamond, you know, you think of the Kalinin diamond as well, you know, and many others um, are, are you know the. the, the seem to come to the fore and it's really not so much about the diamonds but more about you know how has the united kingdom made up for its legacy you know there's, there's always this comparison between the french legacy of decolonization and the british one and the fact that the british one was perhaps more humane than that of the french and that the french have in effect not left africa particularly west africa that is you know and so the relationship of the united kingdom is what needs to be uh, the, the important conversation and again how does the united kingdom you know, see its role in, in, in the in history and whether King Charles, who's very much um, about trying to include minorities, you know, within the United Kingdom. We know that there was a bit of tension around whether he will, be, you know, he will become the defender of the faith or the defender of faiths, for example. Uh, this, this matter comes up and it will be interesting to see in relation with Africa, in relation to other countries of the Commonwealth, what changes in this relationship between the United Kingdom and these other countries, mind you, some of them which are going to be the leading global economies in the future, and, you know, for example, India, for example, Nigeria, for example, Pakistan, and it's going to be very difficult for the United Kingdom to ignore its role in those countries' histories and the role that it seeks to play through these countries on the global stage. Thank you very much indeed, Muslim Dunga, really appreciate the time, political analyst, PhD candidate based at the University of Dundee in the UK. Well, some people will be watching it tomorrow, some won't, 27 minutes after six.